0: Good morning how's everyone doing? Well, as Troy said my name's Andy Christofferson, and Troy's a dear friend of mine. Um, I look up to Troy and uh, he's done wonders for my faith and how I interact and now I share the gospel with others so very thankful for Troy and our friendship. Um, we are opposites in many ways um, but, man, what a man of God, I'm really, every time I think of Troy I think of Kettlebrook, I'm really happy to have, to know you guys are under his leadership and um, just be thankful for that because I know I am. So thanks, Troy. I know Troy hates when I do that. He looks at me, kind of gives me that face like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. So, it's, yeah, see? Amen, brother. All right. So, um, but I got to do that because I want to pay respect and honor to the ones that I look up to and um, that have really led, paved the way for me. So, thanks for the opportunity to be here. Um, A little bit about myself. My wife Michelle, who's usually here. Um, She's uh, very supportive um, of me doing this every once in a while. Uh, She's at home with our six children. Um, she said, well, what time is church? And I said, well, 9, 10, and 10.30. And she's like, well, let's go for the 10.30 because I might have a chance of being there on time and having everyone prepared. So she took a little extra time, and she'll be here later today. Uh, uh, Previous to this year, uh, I was an educator for 11 years and an administrator for two years um, in public education. And it was a great 13 years. Recently had a career change where I changed careers within the past year. And uh, for a number of reasons, I can't get into it because I barely have any time up here. But one of the challenges that I'm coming across um, as, as I've left education and I've gone into sales, just complete, complete change in software sales, is um, opportunities. Opportunities. The biggest struggle I had changing my career was when you're in education and you're handling and dealing with kids every single day and you're getting into their lives and you're getting into the dirtiness and the messiness of it, is you just cast influence nonstop. And you're looked at as a position, as you're in a position of influence. You're expected to cast influence. And being a Christ follower, uh, it's even more of a burden and more of a responsibility. And it was built into my job. And I went into sales and not taking anything away from the the culture and the climate of sales, but it was just a little different. (laughs) A lot different. And I felt that in my heart. I felt like I, I, I wasn't being used as well as I could have been. And that was hard for me. And it was the first time I've heard people talk about it where they go, I, I'm just not passionate about my job. I don't, know, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to connect. I don't know how to reach out. It's just, I don't wake up every morning going, this is awesome. And I never could relate to that. And I could with this new job as I transitioned into it. Because that opportunity wasn't built in. And I'm learning. I'm learning through it. I'm growing in it. I'm understanding where the opportunities are. And ladies and gentlemen, opportunities abound to share about who Jesus is. About what Christ is all about. They're everywhere. It doesn't matter what profession, what vocation you're in. It's everywhere. And so, when I was reading Acts 3... That kind of connected for me a little bit. And you asked, well, this is about healing someone. Well, it is, but there's a lot more to it than that. So let's jump right into it. Acts chapter 3. If you turn to it, it is page 659 in your Bibles that are laying around across the sanctuary. There we go, page 773. Okay? Sorry about that. So what I want to do is I want to share four things that just the Lord showed me in this passage. Um, And I think with our Christianity in suburban West Bend sometimes, we sell a life following Christ short. That following Jesus is a real tame endeavor. Some of us would say, it "Just uh, faith, it's a personal thing, right? It's just for, for me and my family. And I, I think some of these verses just speak uh, contrary to that. That when you follow Christ, when you put your faith in Christ, you have a responsibility to your Maker to share what He's done in your life. So let's go to Acts chapter 3. Let me lay the background for this before we go. Acts chapter 2, Pentecost is over and Peter gives a rousing sermon after because people are speaking essentially in a different language, one that's not their native tongue. A supernatural occurrence happens and people start talking. I think they're drunk. And Peter has to address that. And he starts addressing it. And he's bold and he's brave. And the sermon goes to the point where the Bible says the people were cut to the heart. Imagine if we had that much confidence in the workings of the Lord and the story of God that when we spoke, people were cut to the heart. People were moved. And they asked Peter, What must we do? And what does he say? Repent, be baptized. And three thousand people come to know their Savior. That's amazing. And then of course we get to Acts two, forty two to forty seven, which everyone loves. Everyone loved each other, gave of their possessions, gave of their money, saying Kumbaya, all was well. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a picture of what the church is supposed to be. Lifting each other up, encouraging each other, sharing with each other, living with each other in community. And it was an awesome thing. And then we get to Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate... To ask alms of those entering the temple. Imagine that guy's day. Scholars say he was about 40 years of age. Every day laid at the gate. Was he expecting anything that day? He was expecting to beg for his existence. He was expecting to beg for his sustenance. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. How many times do we avoid beggars? How many times do we walk across the street to avoid them? How many times do we avert our eyes? And what does Peter and John do? The exact opposite. He looks at the lowly. They look at the lowly. They look at the ones despised by society and they go, look at me in my eyes. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. He had an attitude that was expected. This guy's talking to me. He's going to give me something. and Listen to what he says next. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you. Isn't that interesting? What do we have? What do we think we have when we walk into ministry? When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, when we get involved in the local church, and we want to reach out and love people... What do we expect to give? Here's what we expect to give. We divide it into these things. I can give my time. I can give my money. And I can give my talents. Right? But you know what? You never hear anything about giving power. And this is the first thing I have on the list. When you walk with the Lord, when you walk with the Lord, You should be walking in the power of Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus has power? He didn't have silver or gold. Doesn't that run contrary to what we want to give? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's a sacrifice. Time, talents, and treasures. But when you follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And the same power that rose Jesus from the dead resides in you. Romans eight eleven. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And He took Him by the right hand and raised Him up, and immediately His feet and ankles were made strong. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to talk about healing, the merits of it, the legitimacy of it, I know it's real. I know people in here have seen stories of healing. They've experienced stories of healing. Whether it be sickness, whether it be disease. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll touch on this briefly. I don't know why the Lord chooses to heal and why He doesn't. I don't know why five boys... We're in a car crash. And the Lord chose to take one. I had the opportunity to visit that family in the hospital, the Ola family. I had an opportunity to hold Val's hand. And had an opportunity to sit next to Tony, the dad, as he's rubbing his hand. And he's talking about his son, how wonderful of a son he was. And as he's holding his son's hand, he said, because at this time, Val... Bell had no brain activity. And they were keeping his body going to give life to others as they were going to donate organs and whatnot. They used rubbing Bell's hand and he said, "I just picture." They talking talking to the father. And saying, Lord, I I don't want to see my other brother up here. Can you keep him down there a little longer? And that was Tony's prayer. Tony's prayer was, if you want to take him, Lord, our second child, take him. But We really want him here too. And he said, despite the outcome, Tony and his family's prayer is, I trust you. I trust you. Imagine saying that as your 15-year-old son passes and you don't know what's going to happen to your 13-year-old son and praying to the Lord, I trust you. I don't know why the Lord heals sometimes and He doesn't, but what I do know is His steadfast love endures forever. And I'm going to rest in that. And this man in the Bible, he was healed. And he was happy for that. And he was joyous for that. And he was thankful for that. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Walk in the power of Jesus. Believe that Jesus can change lives. When we approach situations... I, I do it to myself. I look at people, shame on me, and I go, can the Lord save this one? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Love people. Give of your time, talents, and treasures. But don't just stop at making some situation and circumstance bearable, tolerable. Expect the Lord to transform. Expect the Lord to change. Knowing that only through the power of Jesus that can happen. Nothing of your doing. Nothing of your doing. In Ezekiel it says, doesn't say, I want to fix your heart. Does it? It says, I want to take your, I want to replace your heart of stone. And I want to give you a heart of flesh. He wants to take it all away. So this guy is running and leaping around. Verse 11. While he clung to Jesus, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people utterly astounded ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. When people when he had saw it, he addressed the people. This is the second thing. Walk in the opportunity. Walk in the opportunity. How many of us, the opportunities we have in our lives to share who the Lord is, we happen upon Him by accident. Just kind of hits us right in the face. Look for those opportunities. Peter identified it. P- Peter sensed it. He knew there was an opportunity where people's hearts were fertile. And he said, Bingo. That's my version. Bingo. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to give them all I got. I'm going to speak truth into their lives. And when Peter saw it, that they were utterly astounded by what they saw. See, they saw the work of God. They saw the work of God. But he was going to back it up with the Word of God. Don't sell your walk with Christ short. Combine your actions with the Word. It's a double-edged sword. It can pierce and penetrate. It is the Word of God. Don't neglect The Word and how powerful it is in people's lives. Combine it with action. And he combined it. Words and action. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the crowd. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or piety we have made him walk. Why are you surprised at this, guys? Jesus just walked the earth for 33 years. You heard about it. You saw it. You experienced it. You were angry before. You're probably getting angry now. You know this happens. And whether Jesus is standing right next to you or he's risen and gone up to the heavens, it doesn't matter. The name of Jesus reigns. And through his name, and the faith in his name only brought about by him, this is why it happened. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified His servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate. I was just going to say Pilates. That was horrible. (laughs) Who you released over to, denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. So instead of releasing Jesus who restored people, who healed people, who encouraged people, who challenged people, who loved people, you asked for a murderer. You denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and His name, by faith in His name, Jesus has made this man strong whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Ladies and gentlemen, find your opportunity. And third, walk in boldness. Walk in boldness. Peter knew exactly what he was doing. He was listening to the Holy Spirit. He saw the opportunity, and he spoke truth. Now I'm not going to get into speaking truth uh, 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 harshness uh, because this seems kind of harsh, doesn't it? But the Lord was listening, or Peter was listening to the Holy Spirit. He knew when to be harsh. Sounded harsh. He knew when to speak truth. He knew when to draw back. He knew what to say because he relied on the Holy Spirit. But be bold. Be bold. One thing I like when I come to Cutterbrook is I see it. Every generation here. I see the older generation. I see the younger generation. I see my age. The younger generation. probably stories of boldness in here that are just incredible. Kids, you're not exempt from this. Your boldness is not on a sliding scale and is not determined by how old you are. Kids, your boldness isn't determined by your experience with God or how long your walk with the Lord is. Be bold. Be bold. It strengthens your faith. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. So he calls them out. He says they're ignorant. He, call, he says their sin is, is a sin of ignorance. It doesn't negate the sin, but he's just labeling it. Okay, You sinned out of ignorance. There's also your rulers when you crucified Christ. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that His Christ would suffer, He thus fulfilled. Verse 19. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Repent, turn back, so that your sins may be blotted out. So there's three things in there. Repent. A level of remorse. You're sorry. But repenting, walking with the Lord, is not just about saying you're sorry. It's about turning away from it. It's about turning away from it. It's about saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me now with my actions and turn. That your sins may be blotted out. That would signify that there's a list of sins that you've committed, and guess what? The Lord blots them out. He washes them out. He pardons them. He X's them out. You are pardoned. You are pardoned. And that's the fourth one. The fourth point here. Walk in repentance. Walk in repentance. Repentance. Why should we walk in repentance? It reminds us of the power and the strength of the the gospel. It humbles us. It reminds us of the gospel. Christians need to be reminded of the gospel. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves. Understanding and knowing the gospel isn't a one and done thing. I accepted the Jesus, I did an altar call, I said a prayer, I put my faith and trust in Jesus. You know the five points of what got you there. You know that sin separated you. You know that the cross bridged that gap and now we're good. The gospel is, is for a believer that's been walking with the Lord for 60, 70 years. The gospel is for a believer that's been walking for three months. And the root of that is repentance. Know your need. Know that you are nothing without Him. Troy mentioned it. We're only standing here. We're only breathing this breath because of the grace of God. Because we're filthy. And we need to be pardoned. And holiness can't can't, coexist with sinfulness. And that sinfulness needs to be submitted at the foot of Jesus on the cross. So lightness, light can enter and darkness can dissolve. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that He may send the Christ appointed for you. Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me. So he knew his history. He knew that the Jews, they knew who the prophet Moses was. The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him and what he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made, made with your father, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you. By turning every one of you from your wickedness. When the Lord puts you through the process of refining you, of sanctifying you, of whittling that sin out of your life, of convicting you, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. To get rid of your selfishness and your conceit, that's a blessing. All the pain that may come with it. That's a blessing. So we went through four quick points. Walk in the power of Jesus Christ. Walk in the opportunity. Walk in boldness. And walk in repentance. I was sitting last night trying to kind of edit what I go through. I sit down the night before when I speak and I go, Lord... What doesn't feel right here? Lord, just refine. Just edit this. And uh, I made a list. I wanted to get practical as I close. I got a couple minutes, okay? I want to get real practical as I close, okay? I don't have pastor in front of me. My title, okay? I go by the name Andy, okay? Okay? I do my best to make people know about my faith and who I am and that I love Jesus and that I raise my family to follow Jesus. And I fall woefully short sometimes. But I looked at my last the last 2 weeks that I had and I wrote down opportunities that I've had. Some of them I felt flat on my face. I wasn't bold. I didn't seize the opportunity. I didn't walk in power. I just tried to man, help them manage their situation and circumstance. And sometimes I was arrogant. I didn't walk in repentance. But I want to just list for you the things that I ran into the last 17 days. Okay, and I'll close with this. Okay. A woman who doesn't believe in the local church and therefore stays away from it, doesn't see the value in community. A couple we met on vacation living together in Colorado and were fairly enamored with the idea of six children. And how do you do that? And why would you do that? I still ask myself that. Someone who doubts God and doesn't believe in the Bible all the time. And they want to. And they're fighting through it. Someone who lacks confidence coming from following Jesus. That comes from knowing Jesus and then therefore it affects the, their ability to parent. I put myself in here. Someone who doesn't always walk in an understanding way with his wife. And needs to constantly be working on that. A man who lost his, a man in family who lost his son and doesn't know if his other son will be the same. Parents whose daughter got in a horrible snowboard accident And has had two brain surgeries in the last two months. A man who lost his leg in a drunk driving accident, his two children ejected from the car. He lives with the guilt and shame that comes along with that and is struggling with depression and addiction. A woman pregnant with her fourth child and her husband is in prison. A believer who gets tired of his commitment to the body of believers on Sunday morning gatherings and therefore doesn't, is not here as much as he should be to give, to serve, and to love. A family who is wading into the world of fostering which I commend you Kettlebrook because your body of believers leads West Bend in that area as we were talking to this family Friday night a man who got his girlfriend pregnant they fight non-stop about everything but he wants to marry her and wants to take responsibility ladies and gentlemen that was I'm not saying this to toot my own horn because I screwed up on a lot of those But I stand before you a layman. Nothing to give except Jesus. And those were my experiences the last two weeks. How many people are in here right now? Two hundred? Are there stories the last two weeks where you could walk in the power of Jesus? Are there stories coming up in the next two weeks where you can walk in the boldness of Jesus? Are there opportunities coming up that you could take advantage of? And are you walking in repentance and humbleness? Sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's telling you. Imagine 200 people in here times 10 over the next two weeks, ten opportunities to speak life. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, I pray that we'd be vessels for You, Lord. I pray that we'd be ambassadors for You, Lord. I pray that we would walk with the boldness of Peter, Lord. Lord, I pray that we'd know and understand that you are powerful, Lord, and that you want to see your kingdom come. And you want to use us, Lord, as vessels for that, Lord. Lord, would you just help us be open to that, Lord? If there are some blind spots in us right now, Lord, would you dig those up, Lord? Would you root those out, Lord? Lord, would you would help us repent and turn away from that, Lord? Lord, so that we can honor your name, give you glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.